Welcome to another podcast from Faith Baptist Church of Gulfport, Mississippi, recorded Sunday morning, July 2, 2023. Song specials for this service include Faith Baptist Choir singing Just One More Soul, followed by I Have Been Blessed by the 630 Group, and finally, Mrs. Mickey Carr with I Love America. Pastor Dan Carr Sr. brings us our sermon this morning, which is titled, Some Lessons from the City of Nineveh, and is from the text of Jonah chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. We hope that this morning's message brings you closer to the will of God. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Father and mother, you know. 
may say there's plenty wrong And this I must agree But we're living in a land that is still free I'm sick and tired of hearing folks freely criticize I'm glad to be an American and I won't apologize Love America, please don't put her down I love America, where liberty abounds appreciate that if you have your Bibles, the book of Jonah, chapter number one, the book of Jonah, very, very familiar book in the Bible, maybe a little hard for some of you to find, but the character Jonah in the well, many of us have grown up in Sunday school hearing uh, the story about Jonah uh, being swallowed by a well. Do you say, preacher, do you believe that really happened? Absolutely. Jesus said it happened. Amen. The Bible says it happened. Okay. And uh, Jonah in the well. And in the story of the book of Jonah, we, ne we, we, we normally emphasize uh, Jonah or in the well. And, uh, but this morning, I'm not. We're going to have a, uh, a different subject in, in the book uh, that, that is mentioned some, but not, uh, not like I'm going to this morning. I found it very interesting uh, with this uh, topic this morning. The book of Jonah, chapter number one, if you're able to this morning, why don't we stand? And I, I appreciate the Supreme Court's uh, ruling they made with our religious freedom this week. Can I get a witness there? <laughs> And uh, with the protection that if you are a Christian and uh, somebody uh, uh, tells you that you got to do this website and it's homosexual and if your conviction, uh, religious uh, conviction against that, that you do not have to do that. And uh, so I thank the Lord for that protection uh, that was ruled this week. The book of Jonah, uh, chapter number 1, and look at verse 1. Uh, now the word of the Lord came unto who? Jonah. Jonah, the son of Amenti, saying, watch this, Arise, go to where? Nineveh. To Nineveh. Nineveh, okay, that is in what you and I would call the, our present-day Iraq. That is where Nineveh would be found, okay? It is pronounced M-O-S-U-A, Mosul, Iraq, is where, where you would find it if you're going to look for Nineveh today, okay? Arise, go to Nineveh, that what? That great city. 
that great city and cry, what does it say? Cry against it. For their what? Their wickedness has come up, what does it say? Before me. Our Father, we love you. Thank you for today, and Lord, we'll celebrate Tuesday, our, I believe, 247th anniversary as a nation. Hasn't been perfect. It's not perfect now. But we do thank you for the freedoms that we can enjoy. Uh, Lord, the religious freedom that we have, that we are participating in right now. Lord, all of us uh, could choose the church we wanted to go to. Nobody forced us to go to a particular church. And Lord, I'm glad it's that way. And Lord, I pray now this morning in these next few minutes that you would help us, that you would meet with us. And uh, Father, we'll thank you for what you're going to do. For in Jesus' name we do pray and ask it all. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, and rightly so in the book of Jonah. We normally emphasize this Jonah and he's running from God. And, and we'll probably touch on that. And, and uh, uh, they've been you know, swallowed by the well and uh, been there three days and three nights. And we understand in Matthew 12 that is a picture and a type uh, of Christ uh, being in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And Matthew 12, Jesus made reference that Jonah was a type of the resurrection. So that's one major reason the book of Jonah is so important. And the liberals who like to deny the Bible like to attack. You know, it's impossible uh, for Jonah to live in there. It doesn't matter if he lived or died. You know, Lazarus was dead for four days. Can I get a witness there? And Jesus resurrected him. And uh, so uh, that's not a big thing for God to prepare a well to swallow Jonah. It's not a big thing for God. Okay, so, but, but in this, sometimes we, we may miss the city. The city that Jonah was sent to go to was called Nineveh. Now, I found this uh, just a lot of interesting things. Now, Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria, okay, which would be present-day Iraq, all right? So it was the capital city, Nineveh, and it says several times in the book of Jonah that it was a great city. It would be compared to like maybe New York City or Los Angeles or, you know, Dallas or Chicago. It was a great city uh, in the Bible. It's an ancient city. Uh, you can find it uh, mentioned way back in Genesis chapter uh, number 10. It is about uh, probably over 4,500 years old. That is old. Assyria, I, I didn't know this in study and I've, I've read Genesis a lot, but Assyria is actually mentioned in Genesis 2. Wow. Go check that out. It's there. I, I, I saw I couldn't believe it. I mean, and uh, it's my personal belief somewhere around that uh, Persian Gulf area, right around that area, is where I believe that uh, the Garden of Eden was, okay? And, and that, that's another discussion for another day. But but that that land, that that particular Nineveh, and I reckon that area, that Middle Eastern area there, uh, it's been there a long time, a long time. And so Nineveh uh, is called a great city several times in, in the Bible. Uh, I, I am not certain of the population of Nineveh. Uh, if you were to look at chapter 4 in verse 11 the, the Bible says that there are 60,000 uh, that God may mention to Jonah that did not know from their left hand to the right. Now some believe they were uh, perhaps uh, uh, mentally disabled or was that referring to children, 60,000 children. It, it appears it probably was children because of what Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse
verse 39 uh, says. So if there's 60,000 children, uh, or if it's disabled folks that God said they didn't know their left hand uh, from the right, the, the population still was probably several million perhaps uh, there in, in Nineveh. It was a great city. It's an ancient city. It's been around for 4,500 uh, years. It was about 20 miles long at least. It had 1,500 towers, 1,500 towers around the walls. The walls were at least, they say, uh, was about 100, uh, 100, 100 feet. I was going to say 100 miles. 100, that would be way up there, right? And uh, you need a spaceship. But anyway, 100, 100 feet. And but on top of that, the towers uh, were about another 200 feet, if you could picture that. And they, they said that in the walls of Nineveh, you could get three chariots uh, uh, beside each other. That would be two horses or a horse, horse, horse with a chariot. And you could r run around the walls uh, of Nineveh. It was a massive, massive city in, in the Bible day. And it was, uh, it's been there for a, a long time. And so this is the setting where God tells Jonah uh, to go to Nineveh and to cry out uh, against it because of its wickedness. Now, there's 66 books in your Bible. And as far as I know, okay, I might have missed something, and I don't say that with any sarcasm. But there's another book in the Bible called the book of Nahum. Okay, it's just about two books over from there. It's the only book I know in the whole Bible where God has got a specific message for a city. All right. Out of 66 books, the book of Nahum is written, okay, to the city of Nineveh and about the destruction that's going to come. And uh, we know that, that God spared Nineveh. We're going to see that this morning. But why don't we just turn over just a few pages. You'll be right there. You know, Nahum is a book that hardly nobody is familiar with or, you know, it's named after the prophet that wrote it. And I just wanted to show you this really fast. And uh, it's easy read. It's three chapters. I read it this morning just kind of just gleaming through it because of my sermon. But, but if you look at chapter 3 and, and look at verse 7, it says, And it shall come to pass that all they that look upon thee shall flee from thee and say, Nineveh is laid waste. If you look at chapter 1 and verse 1, the burden of Nineveh. Okay. And, and so you, here you are. Just It's fascinating to think about if you let it soak in. That uh, that here is a, a, a message uh, uh, directly sent to a, a, a city. And we think about great cities in the Bible. But always put number one at the top would be Jerusalem, right? And, and rightly so. But this is just, it's just the uh, just interesting that God would have a book toward this city that I that I want to preach to you about. So we're going to make some just practical applications, some lessons from the city of Nineveh, some lessons from the city of Nineveh. I want you to notice the first thing uh, about the city that it's headed for destruction. I said it's headed for destruction. Look at chapter 1 again in verse 2. Go to, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness is come up uh, before me. If you want to hold your place there, we'll go to Psalms 9 and, and, and verse 17. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Uh, unless something happens to America, we have revival, America is headed for trouble. 
I said, America, I, I love it. I, I like the song my wife sang. And I don't want to get up and just bash America. And, you know, most of our sermons just bash, bash America. And, and I do love it. But i got to be honest with you. We're on a, we're on a course of destruction. Yeah. We're on a course of destruction. And in Psalms 9 and verse 19, the wicked shall be turned into hell. And watch this. And all the what? And all the nations that forget God. Uh, the Bible says, listen to this, in the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter number 1, and the Bible says, and the destruction of the transgressors of the sinners shall be together, and they that forsake the Lord shall be consumed. I believe as a nation, thank God there's a remnant and we'll perhaps talk about that, but I'm just talking about the nation as a, as a whole. Unless we have revival, we are in big trouble. When our president can uh, fly the, 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 the uh, pride flag at the White House. Why don't they fly the uh, uh, Christian flag? Can I get a witness there? Uh, when is the last time somebody put up the Christian flag and, and we're going to have a Christian month? Nobody's helping me. We're going to have pride month. Why don't we have Christian month? Man, that's just, you know, uh, we're, we're asking we're asking for God's judgment when we promote homosexuality. We, we, we're asking for, for destruction when we, when we, we, we don't want a, a boy to know that he's a boy and a, and a girl knows that she's a girl. I'm just simply saying to you this morning, we are headed for destruction. Headed for destruction. So uh, I, I see this. First of all, uh, Nineveh is headed for destruction. Why? Look at it. He tells us why. Look at verse number 2. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. Why? For their wickedness is come up before me. Their wickedness has come up. I saw a clip of this uh, pride uh, uh, parade and, and grown men marching uh, uh, naked. And, and I'm thinking, why aren't they locking them up? Why ain't they being put in jail? Man, if I got out there on Canal Road and walked down the road without any clothes, I'd be in the news and I would be in jail before the sun went down. Why are they headed for destruction? Because of their wickedness. Number two, notice how close they are. Notice how close they are. Look at chapter 3 and verse 4. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be destroyed. I said they're headed for destruction. I said, Why? Because of their wickedness. Number two, how close are they? How close are they? God said, you got 40 days. 40 days is one month on our calendar and 10 days. Depending on if it's a 31 day or a 30 month or leap year with February. But you get to, you get to drift that it's 40 days. One month and 9 or 10 days. And, and I don't know if you understand, but, but Nineveh was, was on a, 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 a course for destruction. And, and Nineveh only had... Had 40 days. 
40 days and they were going to be destroyed. Look at verse 4 there in chapter 3. It says, And Jonah began to enter into the, uh, 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 the city a day's journey and, and cried and said, Yet 40 days and, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. I, I don't know what that overthrown was referring to. I, I don't know if it was like Sodom and Gomorrah when God uh, rained down fire from heaven. I, I don't know if it was going to be overtaken militarily. I, I'm not exactly sure. But whatever that overthrown means wasn't good. Yeah. It was headed for destruction. Are y'all with me this morning? So number one, Nineveh was headed for destruction. Number two, Nineveh was sent a messenger. Nineveh was sent a messenger. Go back to chapter 1 again. We're going to stay right here mostly this morning and look at chapter 1 again in verse uh, number 1. Uh, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. I said number 1, Nineveh was headed for destruction. I said number 2, Nineveh was sent a messenger. Nineveh was sent a messenger. God raised up a man to send to Nineveh to cry against it, to give him a message. But in our story this morning, the messenger did not want to go. And, 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 and that's where we put our emphasis, and, and, and rightly so. But, but Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh and, and cry against it. Now, I don't know why he didn't want to go. Uh, you know, I got, I've heard him preach all kinds of ways. And he, he didn't want Nineveh. He, he didn't like the people. They were enemies of Israel. And, and he wanted them to be destroyed. It's like God said, y'all going to destroy them. And Jonah's like, that's the best news I ever heard. Get him. And God says, I want you to go. And I want you to warn them and tell them that 40 days and they're going to be destroyed. You know, what is hindering you and I from telling others? So we, we get on, on Jonah's back and, and we, we let Jonah have it. And you know, that hard-headed preacher wouldn't go and do what God called him to do. But you and I need to be lifting up our voices like a trumpet and we need to be telling America and the world hey we that are saved we know what's coming we know what's coming we, we read the book of Revelation we know uh, that the world is headed for destruction listen to this Jonah was willing to die before he would go God sent a storm and, 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 and Jonah went to sleep and, and I think that's a picture of the average church today that the average Christian is asleep and a storm is raging and Jonah is sound asleep and they had to wake him up and, and Jonah says fellas I can solve this problem the reason we're in this storm and the problem is me and listen to me the main problem of America today is not Washington D.C. but it's God's people if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves. We want Washington to get right and the church won't get right. He was willing to die before he would go. I mean, I wonder how stubborn or how hard you and I are sometimes when God wants us to do something and we're willing to die. Jonah said, fellas, you throw me overboard and the storm will stop. And they throwed him overboard and the storm did stop. But that wasn't the end of the story. Jonah got the surprise of his life. In chapter 1 and verse 17, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Did you see that? 
Jonah all the way through the book. He's just got an attitude. And it's like, you know, it's like, I mean, he agrees to go to Nineveh, but when God spares him, he still don't like it. And so number one, we have Nineveh's headed for destruction. Number two, they're just 40 days from destruction. So God raises up a messenger who does not even want to go, is willing to die before he goes, but then God gives a message. God gives a message. Look at chapter 3 and look at verse number 4. He says, And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey and cried, and he cried and said, Yet 40 days. And Nineveh shall be destroyed. I, I've looked at the sermon he preached that morning. Number one, it was a short message. Wouldn't you have loved it this morning if I got up and said eight words and closed the Bible? I'd be the greatest preacher on the planet. And, uh, but only eight words. But it was a serious message. But here's the thing about Jonah's message. It was a message of judgment. But here, here's the key to it all for, for, for this. It was God's message. Watch what, watch what it says in uh, uh, chapter 3. Let's back up and look at verse 2. Are y'all with me this morning? Arise, go, go unto Nineveh. The word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. I love that. Uh, arise, go unto Nineveh, that, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. God said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, but I don't want you to go and give a message that you have. I want you to go give a message that I have. You give them my message. And my message is short to the point, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be destroyed. That's God's message. And Jonah gave the message. Can I ask a question this morning? Do we want God's message? Do we want God's message? Okay, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter number 4. You know, I find it interesting. A lot of people say, man, preacher, I, uh, you know, that, man, that was what I needed. And, and sometimes they love the preaching until the preaching finds them. I said it in Sunday school. If you stay faithful, the preaching will find you. God will find you and where you're at. God, I have a message for you. I don't know about you, but I, I want a message from the Lord. Thank God for the preacher. Hey, thank God for the pastor. But hey, it's not the pastor. Let's get him out to the side. And, hey, I want a message. What saith the Lord? What does the Bible say? What does God say? And man, we're just watering it down and watering it down. May the Lord help us to want God's message. Look with me at 2 Timothy chapter number 4 quickly. 2 Timothy chapter number 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4 do we want God's message? Yes. Look in chapter 4, look at verse 1 I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word be instant in season out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine for the time will come yes. they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lusts Shall they heed to themselves teachers having what? And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. God said, in the last days, people are not going to want the message. And I fear that we have arrived at that spot. If America, if the Christian ever needed preaching straight from the Bible, it is today. 
we're afraid going to lose our job. Man, we're going to lose more than our job. We're going to lose our country. We need a message from God today. And so Jonah, uh, Nineveh was headed for destruction and, and God raised up a messenger who did not even want to go. And so God gave him a message. But watch this. I love this. Look in chapter 3. Look at verse number 5. So the people, so, so Jonah says, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be what? Overthrown. So the people of Nineveh did what? They believed God. And proclaimed a fast. Now watch this. And put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh. And he arose from his throne and he laid his robe from him and covered, his, uh, uh, and covered him with sackcloth and set in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the degree of the king and his nobles said, Let neither man nor beast uh, 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 herd nor flock taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast uh, be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and, and turn away from his furious anger that we perish not. And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them and did it not. Nineveh responded correctly to the message. Nineveh responded correctly to the message. I don't know if they was impressed with the messenger, but they got the message. We got to get the messenger out of the way and let's hear the message. Number one, they believed the message. They believed the message. Do we believe the message? Do we believe that when uh, uh, God's word uh, uh, talks about you know the coming of Christ and, and, and destruction and, and do, do we believe God's word? Notice not only did they believe the message, there were those who responded to the message. It says from the greatest to the least. That means from the king to the homeless. As I did this morning and often when I pray for the president, whether it's Republican or Democrat. When I, when I pray and I said, God, I don't know how to pray for our president. And God, he, he, he's for everything that nearly I'm, uh, I'm against. And uh, God, do I pray that you kill him? God, do I pray that you replace him? I pray you replace him. And God, I don't know exactly. God, I want to pray for his salvation. And God, a lot of times people have religion, but they don't have a relationship with Christ. And I do not know his heart, but, but wouldn't it be something I said, God, I just don't have the real faith to believe that he would ever change. Amen. Just being honest, I just don't have the faith to believe. Is he going to come on national television and say, I'm taking the pride flag down and it will never fly again in Washington. Would he be willing to take a stand like that? Would he be willing to say that, hey, man, I'm not going to stand with the abortion crowd. I'm going to stand against abortion. Don't leave me all by myself. Now's the time to say amen. Amen. But he'd be, now, now, as I'm talking, 
talking to God about this. Yeah. I'm reminded the king in the book of Nineveh humbled himself. See, that gives me hope. I said that gives me hope. Now, you got a messenger that don't want him to go, preach a message, it's short, four, uh, four, eight words, no jokes in it, uh, straight to the point, no illustrations, and God Almighty, it moves upon the king, from the king all the way down, people begin to repent, people begin to get right with God, and God spared Nineveh, we know at least, for another hundred years. And there was only 40 days from destruction. Are we willing to turn from our wickedness? Look at the book of uh, Luke, the, the, the gospel of Luke, chapter number 13. Did y'all get my illustration? See, if, if the king of Nineveh could humble himself, then some of our leaders could humble themselves. That the possibility is there with God. All things are possible. Look at Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter number 13. Are y'all with me? Y'all just left. Luke chapter 13. And, and look with me. The Bible says in verse 3, I, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Verse 5, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. I wonder what we need to turn from. A lot of us in this room, we're not for abortion. The majority of the people, I would be surprised if there'd be anybody in the room that would be for that, to be at a Baptist church on a Sunday morning. I'd be surprised if you had two or three people here that would be for, the, uh, for gay marriage. I, I would be shocked. But I tell you think, something, though, we need to get where we live. But I talked about in Sunday school, unforgiveness, and bitterness, and hatred, and pride, and, and lust. Let's, let's talk about our sins. We, we, we want to talk about the sins of, of others, and we want to get the, you know, the, 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 the beam out of, of their eye, or the moat out of their eye. Hey, let, let's God deal with us that are here today. Let's, let's humble ourselves. Nineveh responded correctly. I've never seen it happen. I've seen it close one time. It wasn't me preaching. We had a guest speaker. It was Brother Hardman. And Brother Hardman got up and said, uh, he said, I got a message tonight from the Lord. He said, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm going to preach it, but not right now. I want to talk to the church. And he said, some of us need to, we, we carry burdens and stuff. And the Bible says, bear you one another's burdens. And, and some of you carrying burdens and you, you're just carrying it all by yourself. And you need, to, you, need to, you need to let somebody pray with you and help you out with that burden. And, uh, and he just started talking like that for about 10 minutes about our burdens and heartaches. And, you know, some of you ought to, you know, somebody got up and went to the altar. And somebody else got up and went over and started praying with them. For, for a minute, somebody else got up went to the altar. And somebody else got up and started praying with them. And, and then it started happening all over the church. And before you know it, it went hardly a person at the pew. One of the only few times. I, I don't think every member was at the altar. But nearly 90% or 95% of the church was at the altar. Are y'all with me this morning? We're worried about 12 o'clock and who's going to get out of the parking lot first. We don't want to catch the traffic. And if you got to go to work, I completely understand. And I, I, I genuinely, with no sarcasm, appreciate your sacrifice and coming and trying to be here as long as you can. We've got a few people that do that. And I'm thankful for that. 
But something's more important than 12 o'clock. It's destruction's coming and we need revival. And it needs to start with God's people. Are y'all with me this morning? I, I, can, I don't have any problem standing against abortion and the gay crowd and, and same-sex marriage. I don't have any problem. But I'm talking about at Faith Baptist Church. That's probably not our problem. We need to forgive one another and love one another and deal with our hatred and let God uh, work in our hearts instead of uh, you know watching the clock strike 12 and we've got to hit the road. We need revival in our churches. I saw it advertised at a church, church from 11 to 12. That's right. Thank God for 11 to 12, but I'm saying we just need to let God have His way in our lives. Nineveh responded correctly to the message. Go back quickly. This one will we respond? Will we respond correctly to God's message? There in Revelation chapter 2, verse 5, Revelation 2, verse 16, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 21, nearly all the seven churches, God told them to repent. God told the church to repent. Look at the book of Jonah quickly. Watch this. Look at chapter 3 in verse 10. And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And God uh, repented of the evil that He said that He would do unto them. And He what? Lastly, Nineveh was spared from destruction. Nineveh was spared. I tell this story often. I was preaching in San Antonio. The preacher got up before me. I was next. He got up. Was They rented some place. It was a big activity for young people. Good preacher. I know the church. And I know the preacher that was there before him. Great reputation in Houston there. Just tremendous church. This was in San Antonio where we were. He's from Houston. He got up and he said, I don't know why he said it, but it was mostly teenagers there. He said, if you think we're going to have revival in America, you're, you're reading the funny papers. I didn't say anything. I didn't try to stick it to him in my message. To you know, I had my message and I stayed with my message. But I said to myself, you just took all hope away of faith that God could give us a revival. If God could spare Nineveh and there was only 40 days from destruction, God could give America some more time. Are you with me? Go to the book of Jeremiah chapter 18. The book of Jeremiah chapter 18. Now Jonah didn't like it. He, he, didn't, he didn't like it. Can I ask you a question? Would it bother you if God spared America? I, there's almost a spirit from some people it's like they want America to be destroyed. And I think there's a group out there like that. They, they're, they're, they, they want to bring us down. I don't get that. I, I don't get that. Look at the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 18. Jeremiah, chapter number 18. Watch this. Look at verse 7. At what instant? Jeremiah 18. We all know this is the potter and the clay message. But watch this. We, we stop reading when we get done with that. But look at verse 7. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it if that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. That's what God said. 
at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to, to plant it, if it do evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit them. Sounds like to me the, the ball is in our court. If we are willing to repent and to get right with God, if my people, which are called by mine, I think there can be hope for America. He said, well, preacher, it's, it's about over. Hey, it was about over for Nineveh. There was 40 days from destruction. But when they repented, God spared them. That's why you have the book of Nahum. God gave them another 100 years and they went back to their wickedness. And so God said, okay, now it is. And he got them. But he did spare them for at least 100 years. Go to Matthew chapter 12. We'll close with this. Matthew chapter 12. I'm finished. Just a last thought about Nineveh from Jesus. A last thought about Nineveh from Jesus himself. Look at Matthew chapter number 12. Matthew chapter 12. Watch what Jesus says. Look at verse 40. Matthew chapter 12, look at verse 40. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of it. That's the gospel. Amen. If you're here today, you've never been saved. I want you to know that Christ loves you and He's done everything necessary for you to be saved. Look at verse 41. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. There's going to be a judgment one day. And those people that repented in the days of Jonah under a preacher who didn't want to be there, who, who, uh, who, who didn't probably like the message, he didn't like the people, and God uh, threatened his life. He put him in the belly of a well. He, he wanted nothing to do with it. He went. He preached it, what God said. Then he got angry because they got right. One day there's going to be a judgment, Jesus said. And he said those people that repented under the preaching of Jonah is going to rise up against that generation, the generation that Jesus him, that was in there, is going to condemn that generation and say this, Hey, we was about to be destroyed. We was about to be wiped off the map. And there's this preacher came in town and said, Yet 40 days and, and Nineveh is going to be destroyed. And we repented and got right with God and God spared us. And y'all would not even repent under the preaching of Jesus? I can't speak for all the other churches in Gulfport or Bluxer or Long Beach. I can't speak for all the churches in Mississippi or, or Louisiana or Alabama or Tennessee or Arkansas and the South or Georgia. I cannot, I cannot speak for all of them. But we have had some of the greatest preaching in America at this church. And I'm not talking about from Pastor Carr. No. I'm talking about people like David Gibbs and Johnny Pope and Joe Arthur. I'm talking about youth conference. This church has brought in some of the greatest speakers in America. And they have preached. I'm telling you, much is given, much is required. 
It is a serious thing. At the judgment, when we stand before God, and God gave a message, and we didn't respond. You see that? That generation of Nineveh, this thing ain't all over with yet. This thing ain't all done yet. That generation is going to rise up. Those that repented under the preaching of God and, and condemned the generation that heard Jesus preach. How about in places across the world who don't, who don't even have a Bible? They, they ain't heard a sermon. Well, we hear so much that we get gospel hardened. Church is over. May the Lord help us. That what I just illustrated there, that's what's wrong with America. A lot of it, right? To that spirit from the Christian. We need to repent. The Christian. You want repentance? Here it is. The Christian needs to repent. The Christian needs to turn from their wickedness. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Thank you for listening to Pastor Dan Carr Sr. preach some lessons from the city of Nineveh. We hope you join us the next time. We hold services every Sunday morning at 11 a.m., every Sunday evening at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We also hold Sunday school at 9.45 a.m. May the peace of God be with you until next time. God bless, amen, and amen.